Hi, thank you for joining me. My name is John Newby. This is John 2028 Apologetics and Lion and Lamb Podcast. In today's podcast, we're going to go over a few months ago. It was Joe Rogan speaking with Matt Walsh. Y'all know, I'm sure y'all know who Joe Rogan is. He's got, I think, first or second largest podcast in the world. And Matt Walsh is the the gentleman who made the What is a Woman um, documentary or whatever you want to call it that uh, blew up a couple months ago. But he was on um, Joe Rogan's and Matt Walsh is a Christian and Joe Rogan... You know, I don't know why Joe Rogan don't get some informed Christian on his podcast. I think it's because he doesn't want the heat. I'm just going to be honest with you because these questions that he asks, he thinks are are hard. But for some reason, Matt Walsh, and I I like Matt Walsh, but he does not handle this question correctly at all. And we're going to go over it. And it's, uh, why would God make people gay? Okay, so let's go ahead and play this clip real quick. God make people gay in the first place? Well, of course I would say it comes from God. If I didn't believe that, then I wouldn't be Christian. Why would God make people gay well, if he didn't want them to engage in gay sex? All, all people have uh, proclivities or um, towards different sins, different things that we would call sins. Yeah, uh, but if that's like their fundamental attractiveness, their... All right, notice that I stopped it. I paused it real quick. Notice that Joe is asking a question, and I think it's a fair question. And he's also making a statement because he follows it up with the same question because he thinks he's got Matt Wall stumped in some type of um, conundrum here. And he seems to be in one because he's kind of stumbling around it. But he's he not only is he asking a fair question, and we're going to answer it here in a second. But he's also making a statement, and that statement is, is that, well, if your position of God is true, don't you think that's unfair? Don't you think that um, your God, the Christian God, is uh, illogical? And don't you think that it's uh, he's like a bully, or he's... And that's what, and I'm using that term because a lot of people like to use that term from God in the Old Testament, like he's a tyrant, or he's a bully, something like that. And before we answer this, I, I got to say something here. This is, I do get it, uh, it gets frustrating with me sometimes when you deal with skeptics and atheists and agnostics. And I'm going around here just for a second. And here, here's the reason why. Because there's like no grounding. There's nothing that supports their epistemological stance. And that's just a fancy word for the study of knowledge or justified belief. That's all it is. Epistus is Greek for belief. So there's there's no there's nothing there. So we have the Bible, right? So think about how uh, how unfair this would be. Like say, um, in a fight or a football game or a war, like you had no idea what offense or defense the team was going to bring out. You had no game film. There's no grounding. There's nothing there for the other team. But they have, I don't know, four thousand years of 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 uh, argumentation from the Old and the New Testament. The Old Testament, they had people who uh, pushed against the Jews as well in the, in the Tanakh and the Torah, just like the New Testament today. And they have, our, they have our playbook, they have our Bible. And there's just been, 
There, you, you know what we believe, but there's no grounding with theirs. It's just how you feel at that point in time. It's always changing. And it's based upon, their, you know how they claim that our religion is based upon uh, geography. No, it's not. Christianity spread through Rome and is spreading in China now, which has oppressive government. But their religion, their epistemology is always changing. And it's always based upon popular ideas. Like if you were to go to World War II Germany, there would be a, a general census voted that Jews were not considered human. Or if you were going to the South in the 17-1800s of America, blacks would not be considered human. But those voting, the, those, those opinions don't change, don't justify reality. So it's always changing. So in the 70s or 60s, it would have been less likely that Joe Rogan, a popular broadcaster, would be pro-homosexual because of the culture. But today, it's okay because our country is, is drifting away from Christ. So it's more likely that that's his stance. My point is, is that their stance always changes. Ours does not. And then they can start tying that up into their metaphysics. All right, which is just another fancy word for, you know, the study of existence in the world. It's from Aristotle. I'm not trying to, um, you know, uh, woo you with fancy terms. I'm just showing you or trying to show you here what, what little what I know. But Joe Rogan, and here's the big, here's the big kicker. Joe Rogan and others like atheists and agnostics, they're basically imperialists, which is another fancy term for how people receive the information that you get from all your senses, like sight, taste, hearing, smell, touch, stuff like that. So, but for you to be able to determine an absolute truth, you have to have absolute knowledge from all the information, from all these senses in, in the known universe. It's called universalism. So you can't make claims. So Joe has, and he doesn't have access to all that, obviously. So Joe can't justifiably make the claim that it, it would be wrong for God to make someone a homosexual or not. What basis is he basing it off of? His own self? What is he basing it off of? That's what I don't get with these atheists and agnostics. Where do you where do you get this from? Are you your own pope? Are you your own pastor or deacon? I mean, what are you? You're your own Billy Graham? You're your own authority. And it's based upon empirical evidence and you don't have access to all of it. So you can't make definitive claims. You can't say if God makes people homosexual or not that it's wrong. And that's what he is trying to infer here. He has no right to say that. He has no right to make moral, ethical judgments and stances. Zero. He has no standard. We have a standard. We believe in an all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful mind being that represents himself with three distinct persons, Yahweh, Father, Son, and Spirit, who is the moral and ethical stance of all things that are good. So that is who we base it upon. 
He bases it upon himself. And the culture could change. If he was born in a different time, in a different country, he'd have a different feeling. That doesn't change objective truth. If you go to, um, I hope, you know, if I got some flat earthers in here, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. I don't believe the world's flat. But if you were to go to a flat earth uh, convention and you were to poll 100 people there and 99 of them said that the earth is flat, doesn't prove that the earth is flat. Jew, or, uh, Germans believing that Jews aren't human doesn't prove that they are. Southerners in the 1700s believing that blacks aren't human doesn't prove that they aren't. Or that they are, excuse me. <clears throat> and Joe growing up in a time when this country that the most successful, most wonderful country the world's ever seen. And he lived in a time where it's turned its back on God and it's more acceptable to believe in homosexuality. Believes that it's okay to believe in that now. Doesn't change the fact that it is or there isn't. Because it is not. So why would God, quote, make people gay? Well, he doesn't, Matt Walsh. We are beautifully and wonderfully made. The psalmist writes in Psalm 139, 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. This is where, this is where Matt could have given the gospel to Job. He could have told him the gospel here. And it's not just homosexuality. People are also born to want the yearn to have sex out of marriage. People are born with the yearn to steal. To cause violence. You know, all these sexual sins, Jesus says in Matthew, are under the Greek word porneia, by the way. Now, obviously, like homosexuality disgusts God more. There are sins that grieve God more. Let me read about that more in the Old Testament. But all sexual sin out of the husband and wife is called porneia. Where we get the Greek word evil slash where we get the word today, pornography. That is what's being applied here. And it's also the same word that Paul uses in 1 Corinthians. When he says that such were some of you. So, in reality, all sex, outside of a husband, singular, and wife, singular, is porneia. Just because I, as a heterosexual male, before I got married, had the yearn to sleep with as many women as I wanted to, doesn't make it right. Our hearts are evil and deceitful. That's another thing that Matt Walsh could have told to Joe. Do not trust your heart. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Question mark. I'm actually reading the book of Jeremiah right now. So it's not based upon how you feel or how a group of people feel. It's based upon the objective standard truth of God. Because sin is the opposite of God. That's what makes sin, sin. Now, I, I want to speed up and down the highway, throwing beer bottles and shooting people with paintballs and stuff. I did when I was a kid anyways. 
So? Oh, would he say that's childish? Oh, but you see, that's childish. Okay, Joe. Well, why is one one thing that I want to do childish and the other not? Oh, because the other one involves sex. Sex. This is a major thing. When it comes to this, to sex, the devil, the enemy, knows where to get us. Homosexual Homosexuals are so proud, and I'm going to go to heterosexuals here in a second. I ain't going here to just to kick homosexuals, okay? Because like, I, like Jesus said, they're all pornea. Homosexuals are so proud of their sin that they literally change their haircut so you can identify what their sexual preference is, how much makeup they wear or not, their clothes, their style, who they vote for, what party they vote for. Think about that. Where they move to. They're so overtaken with sin. They're so consumed by it. Let's be real. You walk into a, a, a place and you had to spot a homosexual and you knew one was in there. You already know the physical characteristics that you would, that you would be looking for to identify one. And heterosexuals. Do the same thing. The same thing, except you can't identify them in public normally unless you're not wearing a ring. But how many boyfriends and girlfriends live together? And go to church. And come from a Christian home. And their parents allow it. Well, I guess they're adults. It's not like they can bring them over their knee, but they don't push back on it. Oh, it's just kids. It's the way it is today. Dirt, dirt, dirt. It's the way it is today. That's the same thing that Joe's falling in. Confession time. I lived with my wife before we got married. And I had to repent of that. So, this falls under a lot of people. And I repented to the Lord and I told him I was sorry. I apologized to my pastor and to my wife's father to his face. And we didn't touch each other for a long time before we got married. I don't remember how long it was, but it was a long time. Because I knew what I was doing was wrong. And me being the future head of the house, especially when it comes to faith that is the that is the obligation of the man. I poisoned my future wife's mind with what was acceptable or not. So, this is why we have a savior. This is why. We are born into sin. We are beautifully and wonderfully made. We are born into sin. Just because someone has the urge for it, so and who are you to determine if that's okay or not? Many people, everybody is born with something across to carry, right?
everyone's born with a cross to carry. It's about submitting to the Father through his eternal Son over the blood that was spilt on the cross and being sealed with the Holy Spirit. All three are interconnected and intertwined in communication for you and part of your salvation. All right, let's continue. To other men like, or other women. Like, why? It seems like something that God gave them. Like, why would God give you an attractiveness? Or why would you be attracted to the same sex if that was morally reprehensible, if that was against God's will? Why would he instill that lust and that desire and that, that feeling of being attracted and feeling of being in love with someone of the same sex? Oh, okay. So, first of all, there's nothing wrong with, quote, lust and attractiveness if it's for your husband or your wife. Why don't you read the Song of Solomon in the Old Testament? Why don't you go and open up that book, that in Holy Spirit-inspired book, and read the language that is used. It's describing wisdom, and it's also applying it in a sexual context. Go, go read that. So here, here's the thing, is that Joe's also making another statement of faith here. Okay? And he's trying to make like a, an epistemology stance. My justified belief is based upon, well, if it's love then it's free love. You can do whatever you want. Those are two different things. Who are you to determine that since you have a passion or a love, that it is allowed to be used any way you see fit? Where did that come from? Just impulsive feelings? Why couldn't this be applied to a child molester? Yeah, I took it there. Why couldn't it be? Why couldn't it be? Oh, it's gross. It's nasty. Well, of course it is. Of course it is. But I have an objective standard that says it is. You do not. And I guarantee you there are children who have been abused enough that think that it's okay as well. Are we supposed to take their feelings as well? Well, what if the child said that? What if a 12-year-old boy or girl said that? Well, you know, I... Um, why would God give me these feelings in my heart if I didn't think it was wrong for, um, you know, the 65-year-old uh, Mr. Smith who lives down the street who feels the same way about me? And Mr. Smith would say, hey, you know, why would God give me these feelings? You see, when it comes to sexual sin, all of it is against God. Not one is a little okay or one's okay. No, all of it. Because the exact definition of sin, as I've stated earlier, is the opposite of God. So why is that? Why, why would that be okay and not? Come on, Joe. Here, here, here's, here's a challenge to atheists and agnostics. I want you to write some epistemological stance on paper, your belief system, okay? And go and give me your eschatology too. That's just a study of, of last things or like what ha what happens when you die. Give that to me as well. I want it to get peer reviewed. I want it to be 
dissected by thousands of people for thousands of years. And let's see what you think stands. Let's see if it stands up like God's word. It's not. It's going to get destroyed. Uh, I I uh, gave this challenge to one of my atheist friends one time. I said, just write me. Write me 10 things. 10 objective truths. Just write 10 objective truths. Like, you know, mimicking the Ten Commandments. But you can't steal from my worldview. You can't. He said, well, I agree with some of those. What, what standard do you have? What basis do you have? Are, is it you? So you're the determining factor? He said, well, most people, okay? That's a logical fallacy. You, you, don't, you don't use um, the, the majority of popular opinion to determine what is objectively true or not. If I walked into a first grade room and asked them, is Santa Claus real or not? It's going to get voted on. It's going to get voted on that he's real. Does that mean that Santa is flying around the sleigh on December 24th at 8 o'clock at night till 3 in the morning on December 25th? Visiting uh, 2.5 billion homes in seven hours? Is, is, does that mean that's what's happening? Does that change truth? So you don't have anything to base it upon. And then he said, there's no object. Then there is no truth. Well, then I said, well, that's a truth in itself. You just contradicted yourself. That's an objective truth. Well, it's the only objective truth. Well, you just made two. And around and around they go. There's nothing to support their stance. Joe has no stance, no grounding to say what is or isn't fair. And if he does, he's borrowing from our worldview. Now, I do wrestle with, you know, the, the elect versus, you know, the Calvinism versus the uh, Armenian position, free will. I'm more free will. There are moments in the day or the year. So if you took, you know, a year or 365 days, there's probably be 200 of those days. I'm going to be like, dang, man, you know, I just, I kind of side with Calvin on this. You know, I, I, I but the other other days, well, I guess that's 200 more than 365 in it. <laughs> my, my bad. Uh, 180 of those days. All right. And I'd be like, yeah, you know, Calvin's kind of on it. And 185 of the other days, I'm like, you know, eh, I believe in free will. So I'm just going to, so if I got any, you know, Reformed Baptists on here, I don't, I'm not trying to take a side. I'm telling you that I don't know. All right. But I'm going to speak in the terms of free will, what most people do believe. This is where free will comes in. Free will. Okay? And that is defined as roughly the idea that we are in control of our choices and actions. You are free to do what you want with your body, but it will come with a price. You are free to indulge into any type of sexual sin. But it will come with a price. Or you can turn over your sin, admit that you're a sinner, come to the foot of the cross, cry out to Jesus, and say, Forgive me for my porneia. Forgive me. 
for going to church and still living in this lifestyle with my girlfriend. Forgive me. I don't want these urges. I don't want the urge to sleep with every woman. And if I'm a man, I don't want the urge to sleep with every man. How you feel, here it is, you ready? Hold on tight, it's gonna hurt your feelings. How you feel doesn't matter. You're evil, we are evil creatures. Incapable of saving ourselves. None of us are good, no, not a one, as Paul says. This is why you need a savior. This is why you need to be cloaked in the whites of him. This is what it's about. It's not about you and me. It's about him. Get over yourself. And Joe trying to make some type of moral or ethical conundrum to Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh should have gave him the gospel. He had an opportunity for the millions of people to give the gospel. Well, Joe, why do you think homosexuality? I'm getting the feeling from your questions. You don't think homosexuality is wrong. No, I don't. I mean, well, if it's wrong, why would God give it to you? Well, Joe, do you believe that there is right or wrong? Yeah, well, obviously. Okay, well, then that means we live in a fallen world. So how could that be God's fault when he gave everything to man, yet man determined, or man decides to fall? He wants you to have the free will. He wants doesn't want a robot. He wants you to look at him and say, I love you. If you hold a gun to a pretty girl's face and say, tell me you love me. Is, is she really telling you that she loves you? God wants real love. He deserves real love. So, yeah, Joe. I mean, I listen to you on your radio show all the time. You talk about what's right or wrong and what's messed up or not messed up. So obviously you have some type of uh, scale of, of uh, objective standard of, of right or wrong. I've listened to him say if anyone ever touched one of his little girls, he would go to prison. Amen. So he has a, he has a draw on a line, right? So it's not just based upon what people feel. But he's being inconsistent. That's a fallacy. So, he's trying to appeal to the the left-wing mantra here. They don't have any type of stance either uh, as far as, like, foundation. Because it'll change. There'll be a new letter that means some new sexuality. There'll be a new gender. And people will be canceled. They'll eat themselves. That will change as well. Look how much has changed in 10 years. They don't have a standard either. The only standard is that they change. And that's just it. They eat themselves. So that's when you say, well, Joe, that's when a person admits that they're a sinner. Wow, here's a new concept. Because I look at the words of Jesus Christ, who rose again from the grave. I'm, if someone died and rose again three days and called himself the I am, 
in Exodus 3-4 and John 8 and was prophesied about and fulfilled these prophecies that were written over 2,000 years in time by you know what 30 different writers in the Old Testament or whatever it is and he just so happened to fulfill them all and he's walking around showing holes in his hands after our, after we watched him getting destroyed on a cross. I'm going to listen to what he says. And then he heals and forgives sin. He speaks like, he speaks of himself as if he's God in the flesh, calls himself the son of God. And Isaiah, son of man, he's applying all these, this, applying all these Old Testament, the Messiah, all these Old Testament um, verses to himself because he did read from the Greek Septuagint. We do read that. He's applying all of it to himself. Calls himself the I am. Died and rose again. And he says that all sex besides a husband and a wife is porneia. I'm going to listen to him. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to listen to Twitter. I'm not going to listen to what my heart feels. I'm not going to listen to somebody who's struggling because they find some man attractive. Oh, well, I'm not going to listen to Jesus now because Billy over there in his heart feels that Tommy is handsome. Or Tommy over there is married to Susie, or not married to Susie, but they're living together and they're just trying things out because that's the way to do it in a heterosexual way. None of that matters. All right. I'm beating a dead horse. You get, you get the idea. God bless you in Jesus' name.